0: Welcome to the Primetime Podcast. Uh, This time we have an amazing entrepreneur, Amulik Singh Bijrao, the founder and CEO of Chai Point. Um, I'm a a really avid customer of Chai Point and I'm really, really glad to have him. Uh, Welcome to the show, uh,
1: Amulik. Thank you so much, Amit. Thank you for having me over and again, uh, officially. I'm very sorry for being slightly late. Thank you so much.
0: Um, As Amulik and Chai Point say that India runs on Chai, right? and of course we have other than him Uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi, so maybe this should be called Chai Pecharcha instead of Prime Time. Uh, So this is, you know, Chai is is thousands of years old, right? Uh, I don't even know the history, but I'm sure it's been there forever. So Amulik, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, you know, how did you come up with this idea in the first place?
1: So tell me, uh, you know, so to tell all of the listeners about myself very briefly. Uh, I grew up in the state of uh, Jammu and Kashmir, Uh, did all my schooling there. Uh, my dad is a retired, uh, I guess, uh, officer and uh, then I uh, did my engineering in Punjab, uh, you know, Thapar. Uh, post that I worked for TCS for a, a very brief stint and then joined uh, Microsoft here in India. I joined them as a developer evangelist and uh, ended up spending about four and a half years in Microsoft. Uh, went on to do my MBA at Harvard, which was a great experience. Uh, Worked in Boston and Singapore for some time and then came back to India to run the India SAR corporations of a company called RSA uh, uh, Which was acquired by EMC Square at that point of time and uh, I joined EMC Square in Boston and Singapore Uh, I did that for 11 quarters and that was my first full-time sales management role at a country level Very exciting, I learned a lot and uh, then in 2010, I resigned. 2011, I managed to raise some angel uh, from great set of guys who've been supportive uh, throughout, and started uh, Chai Point. Uh, why Chai Point? Uh, what led to that? Uh, I think in the course of my MBA, I started asking myself some very fundamental set of questions about my professional life. So, what I really uh, enjoy? What do I want to do? Uh, post my MBA, and I reached the conclusion that I am uh, very passionate about brands, and that I would love to spend my professional life in the pursuit of building good, solid consumer brands. Uh, I had no idea it's going to be food and beverages. Uh, having worked in technology, mostly in enterprise side of technology, I was more interested, fascinated with consumer brands and. That led me literally to sort of a level of secondary search on the category. I was very fortunate to be advised by Professor Tarun who I literally take as the co-founder. So I am officially the co-founder as he is. And um, um, fortunate set of circumstances, you know, paths crossing with a friend who actually thought of chai first. And uh, we decided to pursue the idea of doing something around China, two different cities. I started in Bangalore. He started in another city. Um, I ended up pursuing it full time. He moved on to do other things. And um, you know, so a set of fortuitous, you know, uh, steps along the way. Uh, but fundamentally, a passion around building a consumer brand that uh, led me to, uh, you know, pursue and build Checkpoint.
0: Wonderful. Uh, very helpful. Didn't know that you had such a deep technology background and a, and a career in, in technology. So the question really is, you must have looked at a lot of different categories, right? Uh, being from Harvard, one of my partners is from Harvard, and we tease him about that all the time. <laughs> so, you know, what, what made Chai win? And, and what were some of the other categories that you were also contemplating at the, at the time?
1: You know, so the time I, I decided to, um, you know, get on with my you know entrepreneurial pursuit... Ecom was a hot topic, and um, mobile was also coming into mainline. I mean, this is a time when Flipkart was much talked about as an early stage startup. This is a time when InMobi or MCoach, just to give you some some context, you know, uh, was was getting talked about. Um, and and frankly, you know, I think having lived in the US and Singapore, I was fascinated by Starbucks a lot. I wanted to get into consumer brands. Uh, I wanted to get into consumer brands because I thought consumer brands related to people's daily lives in a much more meaningful way than enterprise technology does. Um, It was also a function of the fact that I was uh, bored working in enterprise technology for so long, to be candid. And um, uh, food and beverages as a segment, you know, comes sort of naturally to a lot of people who don't have much to do with consumer background consumer branding background or consumer products background. Um, so um, that's how I really started looking into the food and beverage category. I did look at um, e-com ideas, I, I, I looked at, um, you know, online tourism and online travel as an idea, Spent a lot of time thinking through one of such ideas, um, you know. You know, I spent a lot of time really international photographers and um, I, now I'm just recollecting that I did actually spend a lot of time thinking through that. And um, I also evaluated uh, gifting at that point of time on an online basis. I also looked at religion as a potential e-com model at that point of time. But I think what won me over Chai was the fact that it was such a large market and that nobody was doing anything to correct that. And it looked like a great problem and correspondingly a great opportunity to solve. Most of the other things that I pursued, you know, people had already dabbled into it. So um, I think this notion to get into something which is genuine problem solving and which has not been attempted before for reasons good or bad also excited me, you know.
0: That's absolutely uh, really, really fascinating. so you know, one of my favorite cups of chai is, is my chai that uh, we make in the morning at at, ho- at home, right, with with ginger and and um, you know pudina uh, and so on. Uh, the other one is of course the the chai point ginger, right? And it is a consistent experience. I've had it in 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 Delhi. I've Gurgaon, I've had it at the Bangalore airport. I've had it in your new location HSR. So can you talk about what goes into producing a consistent cup of chai, right? Because that clearly is. Um, you know, one of the, the secrets of the success, saying like I can get this consistent cup of chai everywhere, and therefore, you know, why else, uh, where else would I have my chai, other than at home, of course.
1: No, I mean, uh, very, very valid uh, point and observation, Amit. Uh, e- Again, I have to really thank our stars that as an individual and as a company, more importantly, as a team we very early on appreciated that the fundamental differentiating and success factor ultimately of our brand lay in quality and consistency flash in the pan quality in food and beverages is an acknowledged phenomenon right i mean you will have um, food and beverage products um, especially in service oriented outlets which do great for the first few months or years but sooner or later the quality goes away right so the game is not about quality the game is about quality with consistency and uh, when we started pursuing checkpoint and um, you know as a team uh, you know uh, we were very clear that we have to pursue systems and processes to build consistency into our system right so you're talking about ginger chai, Amit I mean, and ginger chai is one of our very popular products. Surprisingly, this is a product which sells across every part of India. We, we are in Pune, Hyderabad, Mumbai, Delhi, uh, of course, Bangalore, and also you uh, know through the B2B model in Chennai. And in every city, the number one beverage that we sell is ginger chai. And uh, the process, the specifications are all the same in every part of the country. We haven't tweaked anything to notionally suit the palate of the North Indian to the South Indian or vice versa. Still, it's the number one product. We've been very particular about consistency. And this is where the detailing behind the business goes. I mean, the list, the private limited entity is Mountain Trail Foods. Uh, Right from day one, when we started the company, we initiated something called the Mountain Trail Academy. Uh, As a part of the Mountain Trail Academy, now we have possibly one of the most sophisticated content bases around tea which goes from all variants of milk chais to non-milk chais to iced teas and going even now into beverages, right? It's also now dwelling into aspects of fundamental quality of loose-leaf tea. You know, the criteria around which loose-leaf tea is selected. Uh, We realize that success of a globally powerful brand like Starbucks lay in them defining standards 44 years ago, which they have, you know, evolved but essentially adhered to. Internationally, that is why their experience is consistent. And chai, you know, is the second most consumed beverage after water. Third is beer, by the way, and fourth is coffee. Um, And there was there was no element of standardization. So, to us, that looked like a great opportunity. We felt that if we are able to codify what goes into making chai, right? Detail everything from water, milk, tea, sugar to the process, finally, and then to the equipment we'll be able to deliver consistency and hence be a part of the daily ritual of people, right? Uh, in, a, in, a, in a very meaningful way. And to be a part of the ritual of people is where the true power of a consumer brand comes in, right? So, uh, aspect of quality and consistency is actually hinged on the business model, you know? I mean, it's not a must-have. We don't use it as an adjective that, hey, we are a good quality and consistently good quality place. It's the fundamental business model. It falls apart
0: if we don't focus on consistency. Right. Right. Uh, no, very, very interesting and very fascinating. You know, we we normally invest in you know pure technology type businesses, right? Like the, maybe perhaps the kind that you were in earlier, uh, you know, mobile technology, SaaS, software, what have you. Of but this is really fascinating because some of the same principles apply, right, in yeah. the in the quote unquote uh, real world, right? For chai as they do uh, online. So I, read, I think on your website that uh, in 2015 you served 30 million cups of chai, right? That's right. That's, that's quite uh, quite uh, enormous, and to be able to scale all this. Um, so what what is it uh, what is it now, and what do you anticipate doing over time? Like how many cups of chai may be consumed in uh, in India, and, and where do you see yourself going?
1: So you know, right now on a daily basis we sell about two and a half lakh cups of chai. Um, which is if I take 300 working days let's say uh, you know it's 600 lakhs or 60 million right so um, we're safely doubling in terms of the number of cups of chai that we are selling and uh, Amit actually you know one of the fascinating parts that we are appreciating as a team is that we are a very high transaction business you know the number of transactions that we have across our stores and our dispensers and on our deliveries net net translate into just a lot of number of cups and as the number of transactions are growing or i should say as we are appreciating the high transaction nature of our business uh, technology is not far behind I mean, I have fundamentally come to believe that we live in a world where every business is essentially a technology business and I know this is not even an original quote by me, but um, it, it is so apparent to us on a daily basis, right? Our goal is to be a part of the ritual of as many people as possible in a very meaningful, healthy, responsible way. and. When we look at the transactions net involved with that ritual across all the channels, the only way to standardize and to scale further is to have a fundamental underpinning of technology. Uh, the additional challenge that the business brings to us, and this is very, very important to appreciate, and I'm a big believer in that, is that technology needs to exist to enable the customer experience and not for its own sake. And this is something that Having worked on the enterprise technology side, and I'm sure you can relate to it, is a is a, is a misstep that even the pure tech startups fall into, you know, technology for technology's sake and losing the sort of big goal, and uh, and 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 that's something that we try to remind ourselves on a very consistent daily basis, right? What are we really trying to do? Right? I mean, we have a loyalty program on the mobile and. Uh, I think roughly, we have have 4 lakh plus mobile customers who are a part of our priority program, which is a loyalty program. You know, and initially, you know, internally, and it happens, I mean, it's a tussle, I mean, this is a very passionate and life topic to me, so pardon me if I'm slightly straying along, you know, but um, um, how do you make sure that you use technology very smartly and yet not get carried away with the desired impact that it needs to have, which essentially translates into, Investments in the right manner behind the technology team, in creating the right kind of user interfaces, in creating a meaningful intersection between the business teams and the technology teams, right? And uh, for a high transaction business, uh, you know, it, it, it's just inevitable, right? So um, uh, this is a very live topic. This is a very important topic. Uh, we we don't we have never said that we are a cafe brand. We've always said that we are an omni-channel brand, and technology is making this so apparent to us that even sometimes it surprises us, right? I mean, uh, we launched an IoT-enabled dispenser not too long ago and it's taken a life of its own and the kind of feature sets that we are building into the dispenser fundamentally to give an authentic cup of chai. Uh, the kind of technology aspects that we are building into it is is making us, you know, I mean, it's exciting and some, you know, at the same time, uh, we take a step back and we realize that, wow, I mean, fundamental business of Chai is doing so much around technology and we need to do it in a balanced way lest we get carried away, right? Even in the store, you'll be surprised the elements of technology that come into play, right? Elements of demand forecasting across all the channels because fundamentally the supply chain is unified. Think of it. You yes. know, in a city like Bangalore, we'll have hundreds and thousands of dispensers installed at individual offices. We'll have, you know, fifteen hundred odd stores, uh, the supply chain is the common which has to send loose leaf teas and, and supplies to all of these so that a, a cup of chai can be dished out. Demand forecasting. How do we how do we optimize the logistic problem so that the supply chain team is able to s- send precisely the desired amount of consumable to every store to every dispenser site, right? What happens if suddenly there is a bulk order on delivery, right? How do you how do you create a buffer for it, right? So forecasting element then forces you to make sure that you bake in an element of data analytics, right? Finally, it may sound science fiction-ish, but bringing an element of machine learning into it so that you are able to get predictive modeling around sales forecasting, which in turn is powering the supply chain team to deliver you know, the consumables in the right fashion. So, And all this ultimately to make sure that we don't have a stock out, ultimately to make sure that the customer experience is right, right and and not just for some fancy technology for technology sake thing right so this is happening on a real time basis for us and as we are appreciating it you know we are excited with the prospects um, but at the same time you know we really have to make sure that we don't lose the balance as to why we are doing it right ultimately the end goal is customer experience
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on not using technology for technology's sake. Sadly, you see a lot of companies, you know, we're in the early stage uh, venture business, where people are just doing technology because it's a platform, it's data analytics, it's whatever, but it's really what is the end consumer problem are you solving or a business problem are you solving? And is that really a dire pain point or or, or not, right? So people get a little bit lost at that. So people less... Tend to just apply technology and and more tend to use it because you know it's 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 there. So I couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more there. Um, so uh, it's also fascinating to you know talk about yourself and I could totally see it the way you related it as a high frequency, high volume transaction business which is generating lots of data as a process oriented business where technology and supply chain optimization is really important. Um, so maybe switching gears a little bit from technology. To to marketing, right? Because uh, in the food category, actually, maybe I, I'll go back a step for, for a second. I want to know about the role of technology in the food sampling and creation process. Was that was that used, right? You were briefly mentioning before we started the podcast about um, I think taste masters, if I remember the name right. But you know, how do you figure out what is the exact right you know flavor of tea, the exact right amount of ginger, the exact right amount of lemon, etc. So was was technology used or is it uh, you know like in, in wine you have connoisseurs right so there is somebody comes and says okay this palette you know Amulik has got the right kind of palette and he'll be able to tell okay this this cup of tea is great so just like sc- copy this formula so how do you pick and and choose and get to the right product right without human uh, intervention does does technology play a role in that
1: so uh, again to be candid really I mean I, I think the role of technology in, in deciding and building the products is very minimal at least at this stage for us Uh, What is important is the discipline of sampling and testing. So if we have to use a fundamental technology principle and that is that, you know, um, just do crazy amount of sampling and testing with as many diverse set of customers as possible and arrive at the, you know, common denominator on the volume basis essentially. That has been our approach, right? you know and it all traces it you know this approach traces back to our fundamental principle what do we want to do we want to you know in a somewhat ambitious manner uh, and pardon me if it sounds that way but it helps us center as a company that we want to own the ritual of chai in a meaningful and responsible way right and uh, um, for as many people as possible you know that that's that's really what we want to do and we want to make sure that you know through quality and consistency we The root of owning the ritual is through quality and consistency. There is no shortcut to it. You know, the consumer, especially in an item which is tasted and which is consumed, is very, very particular about, you know, true value. All nuances of branding, marketing and, you know, perceived quality or notional expertise vanishes if the taste is not good and, uh, and and it's not healthy. And both of these come out very quickly in the FNB business, right? I mean, you may like something for taste once, but second time you know what it did to you later on, right? So you're very wary. So if both these things converge, that is when something becomes a ritual, you know, for a large number of people. So for us, it has been essentially a process of just testing and sampling, and that's something that we've imbibed. In every city, we have, um, you know, one in some cases two for large cities, two innovation stores, which are really the places where we do crazy amount of sampling and. Uh, uh you know different trials and different 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 you know creations and then we roll it out to uh, other places over a period of time what we have also started appreciating is the detailing of technology in choosing the mm-hmm. ingredients for example uh, tea right and uh, that's a long really story but the whole um, you know um i mean tea you alluded in the beginning. I mean, I mean tea is a 4,000-year-old beverage. Just think of it. This is like, like <laughs> myself, um, is relatively new, uh, a few hundred years old, thanks to the British. But it's safe to say, it's a very old category. So the nuances that have been built around tea are innumerable. Uh, we centered on quality aspects, which are essential for uh, the chai market, which is essentially tea with milk. And gradually we're going into non-milk teas also, but fundamentally we went into those quality aspects and now we've reached a stage where we have graded the kind of teas that we take, we have built a relationship with specific estates based on the quality of tea that they bring onto the fold. Um, We've done a lot of technical analysis on uh, on the water quality. So what is the exact softness level of water? Considering that we live in a world where water is essentially more well, right? Which comes with a lot of hard minerals. What is the softness level of water, which gives? Uh, We've gone down into levels of SNF and fat levels for milk, which gives chai. So, you know, uh, and and this to me is technology too. You know, I mean, I I, I think what people tend to miss is that technology is not just about coding, I mean. I mean, there are pure sciences related technology too, right? I mean, <laughs> physics and chemistry um, of uh, ingredients and the approaches that we use. I mean, how does Jai differ on an induction pad versus uh, LPG? How does chai differ, um, you know, a, in a certain dispenser or, or in different dispenser models that we have built? Um, it, it all gets fairly detailed and nuanced once you get there. Um, but fundamentally, we start by the palate and health level which we've realized the most effective way is just crazy amount of sampling and testing
0: right? wonderful um, so so talking about the the brand and the brand growing obviously like you said the you know the, the product is the brand right you sample a product you try a product you have it multiple times and you say look you know ginger tea seems to work for for amit and works for amulik as well right but can you talk a little bit about this the building of the brand and you know are there word of mouth effects? As, is there quote unquote virality? Is it you know combination of you know online offline brand, or is it no you know kind of obvious conscious spend on marketing beyond the retail store outlets? So talk a little bit about the marketing side of the business and and how does the how does the brand get built and uh, and spreads.
1: So you know um, I'm very passionate about mm-hmm. this subject and. Uh, uh, one of the reasons why you know all of us started building Chipoint and and again i'll i'd like to uh, remind the listeners here and i'm sure many of them are entrepreneurs um, or wanna be entrepreneurs um, you know that any founder is at best a spokesman right um, and um, there's a big team behind everything that we do so um, I, it's just an important point. It's, it's Sometimes, I'm, I'm sorry I'm digressing, but sometimes it gets missed, you know, and this over glorification of entrepreneurs is something that I'm not at all comfortable with. Um, but w- what I'd like to say here is that, uh, you know, especially when you're trying to build a brand, the first important thing is that you need to have a brand purpose. Um, brands that stick around, which are embraced, and here our goal is ambitious to be a part of a ritual, of as many consumers as possible daily ritual you know such brands need to have a very clear defined purpose and in the course of journey of building a company which is promoting or taking forward a brand the purpose can be lost so the purpose is all about for our case the purposes purpose starts with quality delivered consistently in a product which inspires people to perfection and fuels progress uh, we frankly with mean this statement is not just a feel-good statement that we put up on posters but it's a guardrail to us we try to do things which somehow align with this brand purpose which means that when we are choosing products or launching products uh, we launch them with the idea of making sure that we will be giving a quality product and that we'll be able to deliver it consistently you know sometimes it's not possible i mean you know we don't do products that we don't feel we can do consistently uh, and fuel progress and inspire perfection i mean we we the design of our stores the design brand. of our packaging i'm holding a water bottle which is private labeled under our brand uh, the whole idea is to you know uh, communicate uh, a certain characteristic of the brand and for us that is inspiring Progress, you know, um, and give a sense of perfection. Um, Fundamentally, starting with the product quality, right? So, uh, and with this brand purpose being arrived at, then all things within the company, as far as possible, flow through, right? I mean, the kind of training that we have to give, the kind of products that have, have to be launched, the kind of people that we have to hire. Um, getting down to a nuanced level of what kind of user interface should be right so um, you know I think we figured out as a company that the purpose of the brand is very important and that this is not something that you can change or you should be changing also every every year based on the advice of the consultants you need to latch on to the core purpose and then make sure that you are consistently building with time, layers after layer around it, which can strengthen it and then scale it further. And to me, that becomes the starting point of marketing and then building a grand brand. And frankly, we are also at a very early stage. I mean, first two years, we are figuring out what to do. I mean, it's the last four years that we have finally gotten our act together. And that's nothing, uh, you know, in comparison to 40, 40, 45 years of Starbucks or even 20 years of coffee, coffee Day here in India to talk about a few leading beverage brands, right? Uh, so it, it's. Remaining true to the brand purpose, which in my mind matters a lot, which decides a lot of things. I mean, the core team, the mentality of the core team, right? Is it aligned to the brand purpose or not? Right? Uh, Hiring the right kind of people, right? And then fundamentally building the business around it. And I think if we have done decent till now, it's because we never strayed away from the purpose and we have tried to. Correct and question ourselves at regular intervals that are we doing whatever we're doing as a part of our brand purpose, or are we getting strayed out of fads or out of just short term market opportunity or short term thinking? And that is why it's a challenge to build a network. I mean, you know, that because there are so many distractions, you know, there are so many valid business cases to do different things, um, but. We, we've tried to course connect we, we've tried to center back and come back right around the brand purpose and to me that's the starting point I don't know if I answered your question yeah no
0: I, I think I think you did um, just a follow-up question on that and then I'll add the second question as well which is was there any once you've established the brand purpose and the essence of the brand and the guardrails and, and sticking to it does that do you go measure that in terms of our consumers seeing it? and then therefore talking about it right so would would an amit or an amulik as a customer of chai point go tell somebody else chalo i'll come take you i'll take you to a nice cup of ginger chai in a different way or whatever that is uh, that was one of the parts i wanted you to answer the second since you mentioned other uh, other chains as well you also seem to be able to deliver a fantastic cup of tea at a much more reasonable price point right you know certainly a factor of five in maybe some cases a factor of ten you know uh, better and so maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about that as well in terms of the economics and whatever you're comfortable to say you know how do you eventually the purpose of this you know brand and this company is also to make money right and and to be a viable company so how do you how do you how do you manage to do both deliver a great experience at a very sort of uh, you know cost effective uh, price
1: so uh, first part of the question how do we
0: you
1: know How do we measure what people are feeling about the brand? uh, How do we get to know uh, whether we are being true to our brand purpose? So obviously when we were a smaller company, it was much easier to get uh, a sense of this. Uh, We could essentially talk to a lot of customers. Even on the corporate part of the business, I could go and meet a lot of customers. As the business has grown bigger in in multiple cities, and dispensers now crossing thousands, uh, it's a a tough act. but thankfully we have latched on to the net promoter score format and, uh, uh, and uh, it's it frankly um, easier said than done uh, we've latched on to it since the last year and a half and we're continuously improving the rigor around capturing and acting on it uh, but fair to say that the whole discipline is institutionalized into the company and as a company we are quite clear that we need to get better and better on to it this is again uh, an area where technology has a big role to play. You know, we are continuously looking for smarter and smarter um, uh, technology interfaces to capture the customer experience around it, and then a faster uh, turnaround time at our end to course correct. Right. Um, um, uh, safe to say, I Amit, mean, that uh, you know our net promoter scores are amongst the healthiest. And some of the other measures which also give us confidence are same store sales growth, which you know uh, uh, very very good for our industry and uh, we track it uh, very very aggressively literally on a month on month basis um, frankly our investors also keep us very honest on that part so it's, it's an important metric for us. Um, so uh, you know interacting with customers more and more is important I mean as a company uh, I feel also very grateful to my board and our investors that they pushed us um, almost two years ago to have somebody very senior lead the customer experience aspect. So uh, one of our executive committee members um, is a person with a sole charter of looking into customer experience. And um, uh, when I look back to the decision, I'm so glad we took it because that has institutionalized customer experience in our overall system quite effectively. Um, But do we have a long way to go? Certainly. but, but I'm so glad that we have taken, you know, that kind of a decision to make sure that customer experience becomes core. And it's not one of those um, nice to hear things. I, you know, uh, it's, it's never enough. We've got so much to do. But um, I, can, I can frankly say that, you know, within our company, we take customer experience in a very meaningful, genuine way. Uh, it's not a hogwash term. You know, I can get antsy about it very, very quickly. Um, so th- that's the first part of your question, and then the second thing you said was, you know, our pricing model and economics uh, and economics model. of the business. Again, let's go back to um, you know uh, we talked about the brand purpose. I want to go to the business purpose, and which is the ritual of chai, right? I've talked about owning the ritual of chai. Uh, that's an ambition. That's our business ambition. Um, we are quite clear that. A ritual around chai or fundamentally around hot beverages um, will happen only if the pricing is right right and that's where I feel the classic cafes in India have been inefficient in copy pasting the Western model fundamentally, right now when you convert a cup of coffee in dollar terms it matches that in the US here in India how can that be when the you know purchasing power parity is a factor of four or five Right. At least. At least. Right. Um, you know, um, it, it's just wrong. Right. I mean, Starbucks, uh, and we hugely, hugely admire the brand. Right. Um, I, I hugely, hugely respect, um, uh, you know, what Starbucks has done. I mean, no, I mean, we're absolutely fans. Right. Especially what they've done in the U.S., to be candid. Right. So, um, now Starbucks is a ritual for the white collar working uh, American right Uh, and that's the target segment for us here in india Uh, our ideal target segment or the focus target segment is the white collar working indian people like you and me and uh, um, uh, now if starbucks is a ritual i'm I'm taking the example of a great brand If, if they are the ritual for the white collar working americans predominantly it's because it's at a price point to those guys where they can embrace the ritual right two or three times a day right is that the case for you and me here in india for hot beverages. I don't think so. So we've not benchmarked our economic model to what kind of prices that we see here in India. We've fundamentally gone into the route that what do we want to do it's owning the ritual. For that we need to have a price point where people are comfortable spending the same amount right our target segment that is two or three times a day right and if somebody is spending two or three times a day on our cup of chai um, you know our economic model more than does justice you know uh, because we make up for the volumes vis-a-vis vis- 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 the rest of the options here in india right uh, our goal is not to be seen as an indulgence category brand. Right? while as fundamentally what you see in the beverage pricing model here in india is that they are all priced at you know priced at to be an indulgent category right which is not the case for starbucks even in the us Right. So I think people miss that a lot when they are evaluating prices. Um, we love uh, the beverage business. We are fundamentally a beverage brand. Everything that we do is to you know, promote and push our beverages, uh, led by Chai of course. And um, one reason for the love, talking about business, is that it's got very high cost projects and uh, we are very happy with our pricing because we are getting our target gross margins and uh, um, forget about just pricing there are there are a lot of efficiency measures that we can you know kind of undertake frankly to add another 4 or 5% to our already uh, respectable gross margins so um, you know uh, so the lens of comparing absolute prices in our case misses out the big picture of it, what we are really trying to do and it's important to appreciate the context you know, keeping other economies in mind and then seeing, you know, how pricing has played a part, you know, in the ultimate success of the beverage.
0: Uh, wonderful, Amuli. Uh, um, you know, in any entrepreneurial journey, and, and we work with early-stage startups, there are many ups and downs, right? There are euphoria moments and despair moments, right, near-death moments and so forth. So can you talk about some of the sort of down moments, right, uh, as, as you've gone through this journey? where it's been a bit rough and and you sort of had to uh, to to come through it more for the uh, you know entrepreneurs in the audience listening to this and uh, and what would you advise them as, as they go through their uh, journey i know you're early in yours as well but yeah. uh, i'd love to uh, love to get your thoughts on that
1: yeah certainly uh, amit we <laughs> we are early in our journey as well and uh, um, so whatever i say to all the listeners i mean please appreciate that uh, you know i'm no guru i'm i'm learning um, at every step. Uh, but fundamentally, a few things that I've come to appreciate uh, that in, in entrepreneurship, um, and I mean it in a very objective fashion, not glamorizing it in any way, uh, you know, the rough and tumble, um, you have to embrace the rough and tumble. I mean, if you get too anxious on the down times, then possibly that's a wrong calling. Um, and uh, I've gone through some cycles to really appreciate it. Um, uh, and not that I want the rough times, uh, you know, we definitely going after the good times. Uh, but you need to appreciate it because, you know, just the uncertainty around the things that you try to do can give you very anxious moments. And you need to absorb the anxious moments in a very healthy way to sort of be on the right track and to remain focused. And that's the key to remain focused. Um, so we've gone through a lot of things ourselves, um, right? Um, I'm fortunate to always had a great team, um, you know, and it, it's it's a collective team effort which has always, you know, le- got us out of the woods. And where we stand today is fundamentally a team effort. Again, I want to just stress again that I wish this gets talked about more. Um, um, but an entrepreneurship is, is it's a team sport, you know. I mean, um, it's a football or hockey more than. A cricket you know it's not the star baller or the star batsman it's really a football or hockey so um, that that needs to be appreciated a lot Um, and uh, uh, you know on rough times just to give you some example when when I started uh, you know in the early days um, and me and uh, some of the others in the team you know we were taken up by this bottom-up pyramid uh, sort of thought process and um, you know if you recall you know, seek and you know just whole thought process and we fundamentally felt that uh, chai is such a mass market drink and everybody is focused on the high end and let's build something for the mass market. So the initial set of twelve or thirteen stores, which had a lot of my personal cash and uh, also um, and, you know angel angel money, uh, were stores which were in in very different locales vis-à-vis vis- vis- what you see right now. After about a an year and a half. Right, And this means exhausting my uh, personal allocation of funds and a big chunk of the angel funds. We realized that's completely the wrong segment to go to. I reached the conclusion that a brand by its very nature, and we were out there to build a brand, uh, right? so a brand by its very nature needs to be aspirational. I learned along the journey of those one, one and a half years that India fundamentally is a very young country. I experienced it. right? Uh, um, I internalized it by interacting with my customers, by looking at our customers, and we realized that you know their aspirational level is just very high. Uh, they want to embrace and allow categories to be built into brands if they're slightly out of the reach, if it takes their fancy, right? If it's contemporary, right? Uh, I, I would hesitate to use the word faddish, but certainly contemporary, right? Which meant that our uh, real estate anchoring was all incorrect, which meant that. You know, the kind of pricing model at that point we had, which was way, way more aggressive, um, and the fact that we wanted to embrace everybody, blue collars and white collars alike, right, was was not the right notion. So we did course correction. At the end of about, um, you know, good 18 to 20 months into the journey, uh, right, this is 2012 end, we shut down all the stores. All right. And it did not sort of happen overnight, but, you know, what happened was we figured out by opening by getting some lucky breaks at stores like um, you know at some great campuses or at MG Road and and so on that you know we're just going after the wrong market right and the value that creating for white collars is immense and they're willing to pay a much higher price for it and they're especially excited about it they're talking about us and helping us establish a much more powerful brand so this switch over from the blue collar to a very upper white collar kind of focus um, had its painful moments I had to go back to the angels and you know um, and I'm so grateful um, uh, to the angel support that I've had and this set of individuals very high pedigree individuals who backed me again and again literally uh, taken the opportunity to participate in every round that we have had um, and they were supportive um, and they realized that we have made a genuine mistake they also got the confidence that you know we figured it out by actually open, doing the right things but NetNet, they supported the closure of a model, which at that point was pure retail and not the only channel avatar that you see right now. They supported the shutdown and uh, um, and the very anxious moments because uh, you know for, for a first time entrepreneur that, that meant essentially that all the passionate hypothesis I was built was incorrect. And uh, uh, at least a big chunk of it was incorrect. And that I had lost a lot of money essentially uh, building their own kind of stores, um, but, you know, we recovered, right, and and we became sharp. And a lot of that was also naivety coming from my uh, enterprise tech kind of a background, you know, um, uh, being acted out and being played out in the consumer space. So I, I guess that learning had to come, but that brought uh, very, very anxious moments. I had to convince the team, right, and give them the confidence that looking at this flip, to the white collar is the right one, and this is the way to go, right? Um, Very, very anxious moments. I mean, you know, I mean, the whole question of the brand coming in, uh, you know, but every white collar thinks that uh, coffee is so fashionable. Why will they even embrace chai and so on? Why everybody makes chai at home? Why will somebody come outside and and, and so on? So a lot of anxious moments and, and a lot of inward thinking. Um, But thankfully, we came out stronger out of it. and I'm uh, I'm grateful to the support, again, I had from the Angels, from our team, uh, you know, and all of us were jointly able to evaluate, revisit our hypothesis and collectively agree that the new chart or the new, you know, uh, charter that we were taking out
0: uh, was a responsible one. Right. Right. Great. Um, Sort of uh, almost out of time, one last question. Uh, maybe uh, in the next couple of minutes, if you can talk, um, you know, how was the fundraising journey for something like this, right? Uh, so maybe you can you can share a couple of words or highlights. And, and obviously, you've been successfully able to raise uh, capital, but maybe just a few words on that would be great.
1: Yeah, so fundraising is a journey, and uh, you know, we're still very much a part of the journey, right? Uh, uh, you know, as as I mentioned, uh, Amita, in mean, the time that we were doing the venture. This was the heyday of mobile and e-commerce. So looking at my background and Harvard pedigree, frankly, a lot of people would say to me, man, you know, why are you doing this? Chai, I mean, this is the time to do something really, really cool in mobile. This is the time to do something really, really keen, you know, keen in e-commerce. Build the next Amazon and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, And um, so this skepticism was definitely there even on the venture capital side. Right, or on the venture side but I think you know that's where that's that's where the angels that's where the angels had a very important role to play right um, the angels um, appreciated that again you know I mean frankly this is this is, this is a difference between the hyper degree angels right they fundamentally understood that we were trying to solve a real problem and they were not in their decision to allocate their precious personal capital towards our venture they were not clouded by a sense of you know hype or whatever is happening externally they fundamentally went to the basics that are these guys trying to do something which is a genuine problem in a massive market right Um, and uh, it was an uh, 18,000 crore market then loose leaf tea now is a twenty five thousand crore market and people have started tracking the chai market which is one and a half lakh crores right and uh, i have another principle which i've recently adopted i stay away from talking in millions and billions because i think that clouds the judgment of fund spending and funding allocation in india so um, um the angels were supportive i remember getting into meetings with venture capitalists where uh, full respect to your community but uh, you know um, and and we have got some great uh, investment uh, support from—I uh, mean, frankly, I'm mean, very, very glad to have the kind of venture partners that we have. But I did get into some meetings where people said, that, "Why do you say India are not chai? Why can't you create a model where India sits on chai?" Right. So I, I heard things like that too. And uh, <laughs> uh, but fundamentally, I realized that you know we were trying to do something at a time where the whole imagination and you know fascination around investment was taken up by other areas. And what we were doing was taken as, you know, boring and sort of very classic and people did not appreciate what we were really trying to do. I think that has turned around a large extent. And we were certainly very fortunate to find investors who, um, um, you know, institutional investors who found value in what we're doing.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Amulik. This has been uh, fascinating. So this was a primetime podcast with uh, Amulik Singh Bijrao, the founder and CEO of ChaiPoint. I certainly learned a lot uh, about the chai business. And, and thank you so much for uh, for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Amit. Really appreciate this. Thank you.